This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, Nick Campton. Hey everyone. What's going on? I'm just gearing up for another weekend of finals action. I always think that like the the first week of the finals is the best overall weekend. Mm. And then in the preliminary finals, you get the best games. Mm. But the second week of the finals, that's a load bearing weekend. You know what I mean? That is the bridge from the beginning to the end. And while like sometimes you don't get the absolute stud games this weekend, it's an important it's an important uh, step along the path. It was two very poor games last year. That's it true. Cronulla getting pumped by Souths and your beloved Raiders getting pumped by Parramatta. Yeah, look, not great. Um, I had a great time at that Souths Cronulla. But there have been some great week two fires. Of, of course, the Adam Reynolds three field goal game springs yeah. to mind. The, maybe, um, that's what, maybe that's what they're looking at. We're looking at like a high variance situation here where the games are either sick or not yeah. good at all. Yeah. Like, Who is it? What were they, mistakes in, have never what been were they in 2021? Penrith. Penrith someone. played para and that, yeah, was a, that was a banger. Oh, that was a really good game. They nearly and got then, straight sets. Then uh, uh, it wasn't South. Manly, then Manly, it was Melbourne. Then it was uh, Manly and the Roosters and Manly killed them. That's right. So look, look, if we can get way. one, if we can get one stone cold classic out yeah. of this weekend, I'll count that as a win. I'll take okay. that to the bank. I'll, I'll back you on that. All right. Uh, so let's start then. Friday night, uh, a big game, but uh, a big game. <laughs> a game that uh, I mean, we're recording on Thursday afternoon, but the big news is that uh, Jerome Hughes, like, looking very much in doubt to play. Yeah, this news has only come down in the last sort of hour or so. Craig Out of Bellamy, nowhere as well, by the way. Yeah, well, well, we do know that he's been carrying something. Um, and I think Melbourne did a really good job last week of hushing up how bad the injury actually mm. was. But once Hughes got out there, you could kind of see that he wasn't anywhere near the, the force that he's been this season. Um, there's a possibility that Bellamy is, you know, trying to pull a fast one here on the Roosters, but I don't think so. I don't think... It's very, very rare that like a coach will come out there and say, yeah, this bloke's unlikely to play. And then it's just a ruse. You know what I mean? Mm. So I tend to take Bellamy at his word on this one. And the really interesting thing is that the storm. I looked at their 20, their 23, like there's no one there really. Yeah. So the, 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 the talk is that Tyron Wishart is going to wow. come in at halfback and Tyron Wishart is a player that the, the Storm have a really high opinion of him. It seems like anytime there's any trouble with their spine, they just throw him in there. Like he's played, I think he's played half, but he's played, he's played all four positions in the spine mm. since he, since he joined the club. He's even played like fullback a couple of times, which I don't love. But I would have thought that if Hughes was under an injury cloud, which you would think the Storm would know about, why wouldn't then uh, Jonah Pezzett be in the 23? Yeah, that that's is... the that's the that's the thing that I don't quite understand. Um, I don't, and I and because they've got Tyron Wish out there, and because he's played halfback in the NRL before, I don't think they're going to get an exemption to, to bring Pezzet in. So I think that they're going to go into a sudden death semi final with Tyron Wishart calling the shots at the There'll scrum base, which no, is a no special no special dispensation. So yeah, say, that's a, that's a that's a tough. You could say that the Pez dispenser is empty. You could say that. that. 
He could. he could say that. You'll you'll like that one. Yeah, I'm pleased. You're with a fan that. of that one. Yeah, I liked it. Um, and the the thing is, can Suafar like, Longo play six? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really know. Maybe you could throw Meany into the halves and okay. far longer. Because it's like, like if but you, even you, then, like you're talking about a one a, a guy that's played one first grade game, and we we're all very impressed with that game. But like, that's a big, big ask. It's you know, in, in a key position like that, it'll um, be. You're probably right. It'll probably yeah, just and, be Tyron Wishart. Yeah, yeah, and I think who has played far like, more games for the Melbourne Storm than I realized, by the way. How many? Twenty-eight in two years. No, that feels that feels about right. Feels He's right. in and out of the team okay. a fair bit. To me, the Storm have ended up in a bit of a similar position to where they were at the back end of the season last year, mm. where a couple of key injuries has sort of shown up the lack of depth that they've got in their squad. And there were years where the Storm had tremendous depth, incredible depth. Like um, I remember there was. In 2017, when they stormed to win the premiership, yeah, thanks. I remember us having a conversation around Origin time that if you just had the Origin depleted Storm and Cameron Munster, could they make the finals? Mm. Like that's 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 the depth that they used to enjoy, but that's not something that's sustainable because if you are a really good side, lower, lesser sides will come and pick the eyes out of you, and if they can't get your stars, they'll get the guys on the next run down. And the Storm have sort of kind of yet to replenish those stocks, which is how we end up in a situation where Marion Seve and Tyron Wisher are going to start in the back line and Trent Loyero is going to start in the forward pack. And then the bench is going to be, is going to contain Alec McDonald, Tom Eisenhuth, and a very old, very washed up Tarek Sims. What were you sort of thinking about this game before Hughes got injured? And is that enough to sort of tip the, tip the scales for you? Yeah. Well, my immediate thought reading that news today was these jammy pricks have fallen backwards into a prelim final after we drew a line through their season in eight consecutive weeks, because yeah, I I think this tips the scales massively in the favor of the Roosters. I don't think that either of these back lines is setting the world on fire. So that's that's point one. Like you looked at those two to fives as we briefly discussed on Monday, and they're not great, are they? But I don't think that one is notably better than the other either. So I I, I don't think it's a significant advantage for Melbourne, even though even if I do think it might have a slightly better team. And their big advantage was the fact that I think Munster and Hughes are so much I just been so brilliant. This oh, Hughes, especially this year, has been so brilliant. A monster. We know how good he is in big games, in finals games. And as great as Luke here has been, and as as some, Sam Walker has some really nice moments to get back into the team in the last couple of weeks. But like it, it's night and day between his current level and, and Jerome Hughes's. But if he's out of the team, then suddenly not only do the Roosters have the better halfback, they have by a distance the better halfback in this game. And then you look through the forwards, and again, I, I don't think that Melbourne have an advantage there either. Again, I think it's it, it's pretty relatively even, but I might give the edge to outside of the hookers. And even then, Brandon Smith, no slouch. I might give the edge to the Roosters there as well. So I, I think this injury tips the scales gigantically in 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 the Roosters' favour. And I'll tell you what's interesting is Jonah Pezzett was actually not even named in the 17 for the uh, Tigers this weekend in the Q Cup grand final. He got, he he got, got, na- he got named on the bench. Yeah, so he's been I, named, I as the, named as the 18th man in that game. So perhaps... They didn't think that he was much chance of playing and didn't want to waste a spot in the 23. So maybe that's why they did that. But I mean, yeah. So maybe not... he's signed a long term deal with Canberra and is subsequently out of favor. Perhaps that seems much more likely. You're right. <laughs> but yeah. So you, you, you look through, you look through that Q Cup team as well. And it's like, well, unless they're going to send an SOS to Riley Jacks, they really don't have many options at all. That's crazy. Yeah, like so they are get Justin Olam has been has been recalled in the centers and Remus Smith is back on the wing because Xavier Coates has been injured and I think young Tonomapia has been sent to the land of wind and ghosts. 
Um, I've actually always preferred Remus Smith as a winger. I felt like playing in the centers was something he could do, but I feel like the wing is actually a place where it plays more towards his his strengths than mm. the center than the centers does. So that could maybe give them a little bit of a um a little bit of a boost, especially when it comes to yardage. Remus Smith is something like he doesn't always apply himself in that regard, but when he does, I think he's quite effective. And if you just look at uh if you look at the, the 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 type of player Javier Cuartes is, right? So really quick, tall and rangy, theoretically good in the air and can sort of go the distance if he gets a bit of space. Remus Smith is a pretty good type replacement in that regard, you know? Like I think um, Coates has been really, really strong in the back half of this year, especially since the since the Origin series. But like, I, I may, like maybe Smith can sort of help cover that gap a fair bit, you know, I'm expecting um, a renewed effort, uh, like a renewed effort from their forwards. Cause I think they would have been really stung by the, the whooping they got from Brisbane last week. I actually think their pride would, would have been quite hurt by the, by the ease with which Brisbane were able to kind of brush them aside. So I'm looking for big ones from guys like Tui Kamakamitha. I'm looking for a, a, a marked improvement from, from Christian Welsh, but I don't know if Welsh will have that in him this year, just because he has really struggled in coming back from that knee injury. Um, but the big one, of course, is going to be Munster and Grant. And I, I'm sort of getting to the point now where I think for the storm to win this, they need, they need like not an all timer, but they need, they need big game, Harry. And they need certainly need to be a lot better than they were last week. Definitely. Yeah. And like, they've got a point to prove, I think after last week, because that was one of Grant's worst games for the storm. And I think while, you know, no one's doubting Munster's quality or his capabilities in really big matches, I don't think he's had like that good a season this year? No. Considering Hughes has been their better the better half in this season, which I've never said before. In a, yeah, over, over yeah. A so you can look at that two ways. You can either say, well, Grant's out of form and Munster's not having a great year. Or you can say, well, they're due. because And they're good enough that even if it hasn't all been going right, it can just all of a sudden go right for them, you know? Hmm. And like you look at, I look at this, look at this rooster side and there probably are vulnerabilities that they'll be able to exploit a little bit. But, I also think in the last two weeks, the Roosters have sort of found a little bit of that edge that they used to have, a little bit of those championship qualities that we've seen them have in the past. And I think I, I said on the on the Monday show, that might not pay off for them in the long run this year because I think they're kind of reaching the limits of their capabilities as a squad right now. But in the years to come, we might look at this, this, game, this game back at... We might look back on this run as the start of something, you know, yeah. and their backline is not as bad as we thought it was going to be. No. Um, so obviously Momorowski, Allen and Paulo are not as good as Manu and um, Tupo and everybody else. They Swally. usually, they usually have there, but like those are three very experienced players, very like they're experienced at this time of year as well, you know? So, and I think the, th- the, those three just kind of they've need all, to they've be, all played in kind of need to be solid. They've all played you know? in either a grand final or a prelim as well. All yeah, three of those yeah. guys. They've got all got big game experience. And Powg has been really good since he came into that team. I, I am I am a I am a real fan of his. Um I think he's he's a great, great story of perseverance. Like oh, when he first when he came along this year, I assumed he was in his early twenties. He's Same. not, he's twenty he's yeah. twenty seven. Um I wrote a story about him and Terrell May early this week where I sort of go into their backgrounds a little bit and you know, as as early as as, as recently as this summer. Junior Palga was was unloading shipping containers at a, for a company in Brisbane, like just wrenching his back, lifting with his knees, all that good stuff. And now I think he's a really important player for the Roosters in this semi final. You know, um, Momorowski's been named at centre 
I would, I would, I would keep an eye on that because he's only played four games this year, and the last one came on April thirtieth. Hmm. That's four. That's four games total. Two in first grade, two in reserve grade. So he just hasn't played that much footy at all. I think he's been mainly battling with concussions or something like that. Okay. So I think there's a chance that they might chuck Drew Hutch out there, which I think would really play into Melbourne's hands. Because I think if Justin Olam's got any of that really good stuff left in him, and I think he probably still does, this would be the game where it really, really comes out. And regardless if it's Momorowski or Allen or Hutchinson, I think Olam against any one of those is a clash that the Storm should feel really, really good about. Yeah. I Yeah, I, I think that that is one to watch for sure. There's also, I mean, there's an outside chance they put Angus Crichton there. I don't think they're going to do that. I think that would also be a mistake. Olin back is just massive for Melbourne. Like there was a huge chance that they were going to stick with Remus Smith after these injuries in the centers and then play Grant Anderson on the wing. I think that would have been a mistake. We, we talked several times this year about Justin Olin's absence. It, it was never really came out why he'd been dropped, why he was out of favor, but that doesn't matter now. He's back. And we know that this guy on his day, can be an absolute handful for anyone that he goes up against, both in attack and defense. And yeah, in a game like this, that's that's just the call you've got to make. If you're concerned about his form or his attitude or his application, whatever the reasons might have been for Craig Bellamy dropping this dude in the first place, it doesn't matter. In a game like this, on a day like this, when you're already going to be losing so much firepower in other positions, I think you've got to go with that guy that can give you so much upside, that can give you, if he's on his day, a solid eight or nine out of 10 performance and potentially a game-turning performance. Because again... Yeah, neither of these backlines is setting the world on fire. And he's probably, if you if you took these two through fives and said, which of these guys is the best player, assuming they all play at their best, he is by a mile number one, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. And like him and Smith will probably be matching up on Allen and Paulo. That's what the Roosters, like I think the Roosters have mainly played Jackson Paulo on the right side. And Corey Allen's mainly played right side as well. So when you look at it that way, when you think it's Munster, it's Olam, it's Smith up against Allen and Paulo, like that, that is a matchup that I would imagine most Storm fans are feeling pretty good about. So I would think that's where Melbourne would direct the majority of um, of their attack. But contrasting to that, I, I even before Hughes got ruled out, I was expecting another really big effort from the Roosters just because one, they've, they've really sort of found that edge, like we talked about a little bit earlier, but... Two, it's just so many of their really good players are playing well at the minute. You know, like we've talked a lot about how how much how much uh, more composed Walker has looked since he came back into first grade. I think Kiri's probably had an underrated year on the whole. Um, I know Tedesco is probably still getting in the way in attack a little bit, but he's still churning through the meters and getting to, uh, sets off to a great start, and is still coming up with really really key plays when 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 they can't and. But but I think the key man for the for the Roosters in the one is actually is actually going to be Brandon Smith, because I think he has an opportunity to really really flip the script on on how people are perceiving this first year at the Roosters because mm. it hasn't worked out as well as I I, I thought it was going to be unbelievable I thought he was going to have an absolutely like ball terror of a season hasn't really worked out that way he spent some time on the bench he's copped a little bit of criticism he had that. Long layoff through injury, but I feel like over the last few weeks he's really started to work some stuff out, and I feel like he's really embraced the the the, the physical side of his game again, knocking blokes around, getting knocked around, and I think he'll come into this game as fired up as any person has ever been for any game ever. You know, <laughs> he's he's going down there to the storm, playing against all these mates. 
he'll have a little bit of a point to prove. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a, I know he has the, he has, makes all the jokes and he's a funny bloke and all that, but he's also a really proud guy. And I think there'd be a part of him that would be singing that the storm picked Harry Grant over him, which is absolutely the right call. Cause Harry Grant's the best hooker in the world, but I'm expecting Brandon Smith to come out like, and be an absolute like wrecking machine. Like I'm expecting him to come out and really take some skulls. And I feel like if he comes out and sets the tone physically, the way he's been able to the last two weeks in particular, and then he's got Lindsay Collins following up and he's got Victor Radley, who's in really good form as well. I think the roosters could get a bit of an edge in the forwards and in I the think physicality so I think I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's crazy how well some of those dudes have been playing. When you go back like 10 weeks, like Smith wasn't in the team. Radley wasn't playing well. No one knew who Terrell May was. All these guys have elevated their game so substantially over the last month or two, and it's, it's been quite remarkable to watch. And yeah, I completely agree. If Brandon Smith, if if, if Brandon Smith doesn't come out and, and really try to bring the physicality to his old team from the get go, I'll be shocked. I really will be because yeah, I agree with you, mate. He's the type of guy who will remember the fact that he was always second fiddle to Harry Grant, and he's got a great opportunity here to 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 I guess in his mind prove them wrong because. Yeah, I, I think there's a real chance that the Roosters could just go down there and beat the shit out of them. And and that's not something that you could ever really say about Storm teams previously. And again, I know a bunch of those dudes that they let go to the Dolphins were old and, and, and some of them, you know, we their best days were obviously behind them. But say what you will about the, the Bromai or about Felice, that they're not guys that you could beat the shit out of. They're not guys who would take a backward step in games like this. And I feel like... Losing all of that veteran experience, all that grit, all that, all that sort of steel that those guys bring. I mean, it, it's been noticeable in games this year when their forward pack's been bossed around a little bit. And I think it's going to be really noticeable in this game if the Roosters decide to really try and push them around. Yeah. Yeah. If I was the Storm, I based on what you're talking about, I would be really tempted to start a Cypher Solomona at prop because... The Roosters, the last two weeks have started, have made a late change. They've had Fletcher Baker drop back to the bench and they've had Egan Butcher start at prop. And that's a, it's a very quick middle when it's Butcher, Collins and Radley out there, but it's not the biggest, you know what I mean? And I felt like the Sharks had some real success last week just because their, their, their starting middles were so much bigger than the Roosters. Royce Hunt had a great first stint and so did Toby Rudolph, right? And I, I if I was the Storm, I would want to, try and set the tone in that opening 20, like set the rules of engagement our way. And I think the best way to do that is to start a Cypher Solomon. There's obviously a trade-off there because if Tui Kamikamitha drops back to the bench, all of a sudden you've got a bench of McDonald, Eisenhuth, Kamikamitha and Sims. And with due respect, there's just not a whole lot of impact there. Not in terms of like hard running physicality anyway. You know what I mean? Like Tom Eisenhuth's got pretty nice hands. Alec McDonald's a good defender. Tarek Sims, you know, time has sort of come for him a little bit. There's just not a whole lot. There's just not a whole lot there that, that really inspires with that first change. And then you can t- contrast that to the roosters. You've got Angus Crichton, who I think has been very, very capable these last couple of weeks is probably getting the benefits of just getting a whole lot of footy in after he missed so much of the preseason. And then they've got Terrell May, who's just, who's been absolutely outstanding, who has been turning games when, when he, when he, when he comes on. So I feel like the roosters just have a bit more depth and a bit more variety to their to their middles and i feel like that could go a really really long way yeah mate it, it, absolutely and it's it, it's quite shocking that this Roosters team is, is where they are right now but i i haven't looked at the odds i, I don't know if they've moved yet with the with the roosters the, the roosters news, as of news. about 10 minutes ago were still three to one that is absolutely outrageous 
Like if if Hughes isn't playing, I'd go close to making them favourites. That's that's how big I think that is. I think he's it's been a, so a, so good this one. year, and it's and, and it's not just him. If they had Jonah Pezzett, different story. Who's proven himself to be a very capable first grader in limited opportunities. Bit of creativity, bit of bit of speed about him. Nice player to watch, but yeah, Tyron Wishart's a first grader, but I'm not sure if he's. I think he's a, a first grade dummy half. Yeah, I think he's a know? first grader. I don't know if he's a he's a he's a preliminary final caliber or a sorry a semi final caliber halfback. Yeah, two very it, different things, and that's not I, to denigrate him. I hope he has a good game, but um, yeah, I I think I think that's a good way of sort of summing it all up. If Hughes was playing, I'd probably I'd probably lean Storm. If Pezzett was playing, I would go Storm slightly. Um, but if Wishart's in, I think that's just enough to to pull them back level or mm. even a little bit behind the Roosters. So I think I've got I've got to go the Roosters in this one. I'm going they're to gonna, they're going to jam their way into a goddamn prelim. I can't. All all my fucking morons had to do was win one of these games at the end of the year, they would have had a gravy train to a prelim. But instead, the Roosters get it. Life's not fair, Nick. Roosters by four. Yep, I'll go Roosters. I'll go. I'll go back to back one point victories. There we go. Yeah, Love that's that. that. That's good. That's good yeah, stuff. That's good stuff. I think I'll... it's only happened like once in the last one hundred years. Like the Bulldogs won three in a row in twenty fourteen. That was the first time I remember that. In ages, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, let's get a little bit weird, man. It's the second week of the finals. Let's just turn it up. The just, cardiac just a, just a, just a notch. The, the cardi the, the cardiac chooks. No, yeah, it doesn't doesn't. If work. if chook was. With a curse sound, it'd be it'd work. But I think I, I yeah, I, but I I like the more I think about this one now that Hughes is out, the more I like the Roosters. Man, Jackson Paulo, Corey Allen, my boys, still me proud. God, got a lot of feelings about this game, Nick. None of them good. Would Most... you take Corey Allen back at Souths to play halfback? Yes, you could have. I didn't need to hear the player. He <laughs> <laughs> could have said anyone. <laughs> I'd Which, say as we get further and further away from that magical time in 2020, it becomes honestly even more inexplicable. It, it like really Corey does. Allen, Corey Allen is a backup center these days, and he played in an Origin decider for Queensland and played and, well and set up the winning try. And Unbelievable! <laughs> from the moment Nick Canton said to Matt Bungard, "No one's asking you to believe in Corey Allen," and I said, "But I am." <laughs> I choose. I choose to. This is the power of blue. I honestly, I still believe that if he'd been there in 2021, we would have won that grand final. But oh well, <laughs> doesn't matter now. Um, yeah, the Roosters are going to win. I think, which sucks, but oh well, it's fine. By the way, like people are going to message me, oh, you're reverse jinxing by picking the Roosters. A, I don't believe in any of that crap. B, I genuinely do think they're going to win. So, I, I, I do, I do believe in reverse jinxing, but I still think the Roosters are going to win. Yeah, two dollars ninety six as of right now, time of recording. So. Crazy. Okay, moving on to another game where, again, I feel like the, the, the odds are slightly wrong, but I'm a moron and bookies are very smart. So let's throw that opinion out. Warriors hosting the Knights at Go Media Stadium. Uh, we talked about this on Monday. They resisted the urge to move it uh, to Eden Park. They're still, that's placed, it still holds about 30K, right? So they're, they're fine. No Jackson we're, Hastings, yeah, we're, looking, we're looking at like high 20s. High yeah, 20s. okay. So big news is in both number seven jerseys. No Jackson Hastings, Adam Clune comes back in. And Sean Johnson, again, at time of recording, is playing. Yeah. So Sean Johnson's got to, for, the, for him to play, for them to clear him, they want him to get through the captain's run, um, which they'll have tomorrow, uh, probably around midday New Zealand time. But I imagine it'll be a closed session. And I don't think we'll get a definitive answer on Sean Johnson's health until the hour before the game, well, until the, the last that, possible minute. The fact that now, last week you could make an excuse because it, 
it, it came out of nowhere and it, and, it, and it caught them by surprise. The fact that they haven't named Volkman or anybody else in the 23 this week fills me with a bit of confidence that they're pretty sure he's yep. going to play. Yeah. Andrew Webster spoke today. He kind of, he said that he was expecting Johnson to be able to get through that captain's run. I'm they, I, like, I don't know how close he was to playing last week. It probably like, I think the further we get away, it seems like it was always pretty unlikely. I'm at the point where I'm throwing him out there, even if he can't run. Well, if he, like, if we have to like abduct, uh, abduct a drifter and take his calf and give it to SJ just to get him through the game. Well, I'd be open again. I'm I'm not saying any game in the NRL is not winnable, right? But they don't get much more unwinnable than going to Penrith and then asking your halfback to play on one leg, basically. And on top of that, even if you lose, you're not knocked out. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's why what? Well, that's why he didn't play. Well, no, I think he was genuinely injured. Like they're talking yeah, no, about but, no, no, they're, but they're talking we, about the, they're, they're talking they're saying that he tore his calf. Like Yeah, that's no, a, no, that's but the thing serious. the thing you just said about oh, they gotta have him out there this week no matter what. The reason they didn't have that attitude last week was because of the things I just said. Yeah, yeah, but this, 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 but this, this is, is this is it. There is no next week if they lose this one, and yeah, they so, get those dudes back. Like, like if I was playing, yeah, I think he's got to play no matter what, right? Well, yeah, and and to that end, let's progress as if he's gonna play. Um, but I think it's also pretty reasonable to assume that his running game probably won't mm. probably won't be there. But I think at this point of his career, he can he can kind of get by. He can kind of get by on his smarts and his skills and the structures that he provides for this Warriors team. This game, I've been thinking about this game all week, and it kind of fascinates me because I think both teams are pretty well equipped to attack the other's weaknesses. You know, like the Warriors uh, who who attack with such great structure, right, and mm. who stretch the field so well and score so many tries down those really far, far channels. I. I'm looking at that Warriors team. I'm looking at that right side attack that they have. That's been so good over the back half of this season. Dalen Wittenis, Lesniak's been scoring tries for absolute fun. So much of it comes through the creative work of Sean Johnson and Chancellor Cookstad inside. They're, they're really, really good down that side. I love Greg, the leg Marju. Not the world's best defender sometimes. Can get caught out with his spatial awareness. Can miss a tackle or two. If I was the Warriors, that would be a, a really, really big part of my game plan is like, how are we going to set up situations where we can get at Greg Marshall, where we make him make decisions. We make Bradman best make decisions. Like physically they're really strong defenders. I thought Bradman best did a really good job on Matt Tomoko last week in terms of like his physicality getting in front of him, but both of them can have a misread in them, especially if they have to make difficult decisions over and over and over and over again. And that's not a huge criticism. Like there's every edge in the league is like that. But I, I think I think about Sean Johnson hitting um, Murata Niakure with short balls. I think about him going out the back to Chance. I think about Chance dishing to Watanis Lesnick. I think about all the really great tries we've seen from the Warriors down that edge this year. I'm thinking, wow, there could be some real joy for them. They're able to bring that same sort of structure and execution to this game. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I think that... It's it's now with with the benefit of hindsight. Like, thank God they signed tomorrow Martin when they did because uh, I mean Luke Metcalf being out as well. I think that if Martin wasn't playing, it would probably be Dylan Walker in the six. And again, he's at he, he's at a time in his career where he's not the sort of dynamic forerunner that he once was. He can still move when he has to, but again, Martin's a bit more dynamic and a bit more athletic. And I think that that his abilities, his gifts with the ball, are going to be a little bit more called upon in this game for the reasons you just outlined with Johnson, but. 
on the other side of things, how much do you think Newcastle lose with Adam Clune coming in for Jackson Hastings? Because, I mean, twofold. One, Hastings was out of that game pretty early last week, and they scored, and they didn't really have a problem scoring points in the ensuing. How many minutes was it after he went off? Like a fair chunk. But uh, and then two is that Clune played a whole game against Souths up there a couple of weeks ago, and he didn't look out of place at all. So, well, I think the thing for me is that Hastings uh, was clearly in a diminished state in that game last week as well. Like, I don't yes. think he was anywhere near fully fit at all. I think he really battled to get on the field. And I think you could kind of tell that with, with the way he was playing. And while I don't think Adam Clune is like a world beater or anything like that, he, he's, he doesn't really have to be. Like, when you look at the the, the weapons that he's got in his back line... All he's got to do is go to the line, play straight and get it out and put in a couple of nice kicks here and there and everything should work out okay because they've got all the other things that they need. They've got the two really strong centers in, in Gagai and Best. They've got Marju and Young. They've got Kalen Ponga doing just about whatever he wants and they've got Gamble who's really grown into his own as sort of the organizing half for them. Talked a little about little bit about the the Knights going after Marju. I think the uh, – sorry, the Warriors going after Marju. I think the Knights will look at the matchups they have in the centers. And I think they'll look at some of the stuff that Penrith were able to do to Adam Pompey and Rocco Berry last week. And they'll think, man, we got Gagai. We got best, like time to batten down the hatches, bro. Cause like the wolves are coming. Yeah. This wolves is are coming. Like, you know? We've been very, we've been very high on the Warriors backline all year and they've played great and they deserve all the credit. Andrew Webster deserves all the credit for getting so much out of that unit, out of those guys, two through five. But I think that, this could be a game where they do get exposed a little bit. I think we saw that somewhat last week. And I think that Newcastle, I mean, no team is more deadly in, in those areas than the Knights, in my opinion. No team has the strike power. No team really has sort of the sort of power runners, the tackle-breaking ability of those guys when you combine all four of them. And, yeah, the Warriors did not look up to it last week. And obviously, Penrith are no slouches in that regard either. But I think that... That is the area of the field that Newcastle are going to have a great, great deal of success at. And I think that the Warriors are going to have to win this game by keeping it in an arm wrestle, by keeping the ball in the middle of the field, by controlling possession, by dictating terms. Because I, I feel like this could be one of those times where it, when the Knights get down, the Warriors end. If they get some good ball sets, they're probably going to score more often than not. But getting down there might be the tough part. That's, that's the, exactly saying. right. Well, not not necessarily. like, But that's where the Warriors have to win this game. Like They get a foul back. That they're gonna have, it is basically their full strength forward pack if he plays. And whilst the Knights have been better in those in that regard recently, like again the site the site that there's Jacob starting Daniel on the bench. The site has been very solid. Leo Thompson's been steadily improving as the year goes on. Adam Elliott again more known for his defense than anything else, but um, no Lockie Fitz either. Which and he's had a really good season. And no, that's a that's an interesting one. So Lockie Fitz kind of isn't the the really great hole runner that he was in his younger days anymore. I think you've been able to see in a lot of games this year that they sort of use him more as a ball player. And you could see that on the first Kalen Ponga try last week. Um they isolated Jamal Fogarty, he went around the legs. Fitzgibbon was turning um even as he's hitting the line, looking for that pop pass. Um, and he found Kurt Mann and Kalen Ponga ended up scoring. That's sort of how Fitzgibbon has been more dangerous this year. So Dylan Lucas, he's only played a few NRL games. Like, you know, he's a, he's a still, center usually, right? Still learning about him, but he is pretty fleet of foot. He's pretty quick. He, there was that game against the Sharks 
where he scored a a 25, 30 yeah. minute try. Well, I know he's named in the back row went. here and he's played back row for these guys when he's been in first grade, but I believe he's a center by trade normally. Yeah. So th- that's why, even though he is very inexperienced and all that, and this is a big jump in quality, I don't actually mind that for the for the Knights if you if you're okay. gonna if you're not gonna because he's got a bit of dynamism bit of dynamism about it. Well, he just sort of, like he might just be able to add it might just be an additional weapon for them, you know. Okay. Especially down that left side, which is Ponga's favorite side. You've got Best out there too. Like, I don't mind the idea of having someone out there who might have a little bit more incision about their running. You know, I don't mind something that makes them that little bit more dangerous. You know, I I, I do think it was pretty telling that in the Raiders game last week. The Knights probably only played well for about 25 minutes, maybe. And they scored 30 points. You know, like they're, I know, they're, Cam- they're I know Canberra, Canberra, not the best defensive team in the world. I understand all that. But like the the, the Knights clicked into gear like four times for like three sets at a well, time. Well, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't even know how you'd prove it. But like they seem to me, especially late down the stretch in these runs they've been having, they seem like this team that scores in, like, kind of like the Broncos a little bit, where they score in bunches. They can get two or three really quick, and you look mm. up and a game is, they might be down 12-10. Well, they, might be, they, might be, they might be level, and then suddenly you look up at the scoreboard yeah. 15 minutes later, and they're, and they're up by 16. And You're you go, right. what the they, fuck they, they have an explosive quality to them that the Warriors in particular don't really have. We've talked a, l- a little bit over the last couple of weeks how the Warriors – are actually quite a conservative footy team. You know, everything is sort of based on their structures, which usually work really, really well. You know, um, I think the Warriors are going to have an edge in the middle of the field just because Fanuel Blake is that good. And I think Harris is that good. And I think both of them will be looking to bounce back from sort of tough outings last week. Harris in particular um, wasn't really able to get his passing going at all. And that that had yeah. a really bad knock-on effect throughout the entire team you know so I, I i guess i guess you can't you've kind of hit the nail on the head when you say if this is tough and tight and up the middle of the field and grinding i think that favors the warriors if it's fast and open and fleet of foot yeah that favors the knights well, but of those two styles of game i feel like the first one is what happens in the semifinals more often than not just, I think, um, honestly, I, know, I think it depends a little bit on the weather as well. Like, I haven't looked at the forecast over there, but if it's raining and the, and the track's a bit slow, then I think that plays into the Warriors' hands who's, a bit. Who's, what, who, where's Tim Bailey's get him on, get him, New Get Zealand Tim Bailey on the blower. By the way, I, I I looked it up. I just pulled it up really quick by uh, just while you were talking just then. So against, so I just put up the Knights' last five games as a reference point, and there was three different times against the Bulldogs where they scored twice in, in five minutes. There was they scored two in five minutes and two in six minutes in two different goes against the Dragons. They scored uh, they scored they scored three in eight minutes against the Sharks at one point. Uh, they scored twice in four minutes against Souths, and then last week they scored four tries in fifteen minutes against the Raiders. So is every, is, is, is that good? I, that is good, but it goes to your point where like they don't necessarily need to be this dominant controlling team for eighty minutes. They just need to. And they've been doing um, Raiders less so. The Raiders played really well, scored some really good tries. But the other thing that the Knights have been doing so well, particularly in that Souths game, and and to a lesser extent in that Sharks game, is their defense has been so desperate. It's been so good that they've been working their asses off for each other. They've not been conceding boatloads of points. And when you do that, when you can keep the game close, then when you have that little ten minute burst where you get twelve points, that's that 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 takes you from you know a, a tight game to a game where you're out of sight. And we might see that again here. We might see a game where it's 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 eight six at halftime, but then just at the halftime, Dom Young gets a double in five minutes, and suddenly you're like, oh geez, 
the Knights. There's definitely it's definitely possible. I, I think I think recovery is going to be a really big aspect for this game. Um, but for different reasons. I think the Warriors really have to try and recover emotionally from that Penrith game because Absolutely. they they kind of went out there and got smacked around a fair bit. And a lot of the, a lot of their guys had their worst game, if not of the season, that's certainly for quite a long time. Like you mentioned, Tamari Martin before. The last two weeks, to me, he's looked like someone who hasn't really played much footy mm. for the last four or five months or so. You know, like he's looking, he's looking like he's kind of struggling a little bit to find his way back from injury. Um, maybe he'll be better for the run or something like that. But I feel like they have to try and find some of that great confidence they were playing with, and they have to try and find it really, really quickly. The big home crowd should really help out with that. I'm expecting like a madhouse over there, even should though be. Yeah. everyone's spirits got a little bit dinged last week. For the Knights, like. Canberra really knocked him around, really knocked him around. I, I I saw both teams after the game on Sunday. I was talking to guys from both teams. The, the, the Raiders looked in much better physical shape than the Knights did. Like a lot, a lot of the guy, a lot of the Knights guys were, were battered and bruised, you know, and that's not to say that they're not going to be able to recover and come back on that on and come back and win this game. It's just that it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to recover from those sorts of games. It's hard to recover from those sorts of games and have a really long away trip. It's hard to recover from those sorts of games and have a really long away trip and sort of like emotionally yeah. weather. What's going to be a psychotic warriors crowd. I, went, you know what I mean, like yeah. the Knights have gone from the homecoming heroes to the, to the despised interlopers, you know, and that's just a lot for them to overcome. I think I, I had a look back at a few teams because the Warriors fit this description of like, a few teams in recent history that have like had their best season out of not out of nowhere, but like sort of their, their best season by distance and then had that sort of top four finish a, and how they bounced back from losing in the first week of finals. So you even, you think back to like your Raiders in 2016, right? They host that game against the Sharks. Don't, they don't get it, but they bounce back the next week and they take care of business against parents. Then they have a really good prelim. They have a really good prelim against the storm, but of course it can go the other way. Like, and you think about the uh, South 2012 was their first top four finish in, in our lifetime. And they they went down to Melbourne week one, got flogged, bounced back and 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 beat Canberra in, in week two of the finals. But then obviously there's the flip side of that as well. There's like teams like Parramatta 2017 who finished in the top four and then went out in straight. A, res- a respectable loss to Melbourne and yeah. then got stunned by the Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. So like there's there's a few teams that have done this and, and it sometimes it goes, sometimes it works, sometimes like the Sharks, another one last year, like that. It hadn't been as long between drinks for them, but that was the first top finish, top four finish in a minute last year. And then again, they went out in straight sets. So there's a real danger here for the Warriors that they don't, they, and just with that sort of history that I've just ran you through, like it can go either way. And what do you think the Warriors need to do to avoid to be the Raiders or Souths in that scenario and not be Parramatta or, or the Sharks? It's such a boring answer. I think all they need to do is tackle they've done all year. You know what I mean? Like stick, stick to your structures, get, get that dominance in the middle of the field through Fanua Blake, move to the other team around a lot with Tohu Harris and Dylan Walker's passing. You know what I mean? Execute really, really strongly. Know what you want to do out there and know exactly how you're going to do it. You know? And I, I think the Warriors are going to be able to do all that, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm tipping the Warriors in this game in a very, very tight one. And of course, Sean Johnson's thing is a, is a big, big, like, Ooh, I don't know, but I, I, I like him in this one. I think, I think they'll have enough of a sustained effort through the 80 minutes to withstand some of those Knights haymakers. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, um, this is like when it's two, it's two boxes fighting, right? And one's got knockout power, but he fades in and out of fights. 
and the other one can stay in fights the whole time, but knocking people out is harder for him. Mm. You know, so I'm going the Warriors by by split decision. Okay. Uh, that's not a number of points, but uh, would you like to? <laughs> you, like you know what to, I'm saying. You know what I'm they're saying. They're going to win. What they're going to win? A hundred and a hundred and sixteen to a hundred and fourteen. I think. I think. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be low scoring. Like, like let me put this. Let me put this to you. Like, I can see the Warriors being up like sixteen four or something like that, and holding and the, on. And yeah. then the Knights putting on two tries in a couple of minutes, and then the Warriors hang on to win by two points. Yeah. So that's what I'll say. Okay. Warriors by two. I'll take the Knights by seven. Ooh, who's that. kicking the field goal? T- uh, Got to be TJ. Jacob Sofidi. Oh well, I guess that's <laughs> fine too. No, it'd be. I think. I think Clooney in what could be his last game for the club. Nice little send off note. But well, what's the go with Hastings? Is he going to play next week if they win? I, I'm I'm not sure. Me either. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, plenty on the line in the NLW. Uh, by the time people hear this, the Knights-Tigers game will have happened. So see what happens there. Knights win, minor premiership. Uh, Tigers playing for pride at Leichhardt Oval thanks to the air quality of Sydney. Third worst in the world today, I saw. Oh, wow. What what beat us on the podium? Uh, let me pull this up. It was like two of like the, the Petro stacks. Oh. Uh, I'll pull it up real quick. It's, someone posted it earlier today, but I think it was like, oh, here we go. Lahore, Pakistan, and Dubai, UAE. So, who, who did we who did we beat? Who we was beat fourth? Delhi. Suck Doha, it, Delhi. Cop that Coleman. Cop that Coleman. And then uh, Kuching, Malaysia, number six. So, <laughs> Losers. Yeah. <laughs> Getting the podium. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that game will be at Leichhardt instead. Uh, Knights win, minor premiership. And they'll win the minor premiership anyway if the Roosters lose to the Cowboys. But this is a game that, you know, assuming the Knights take care of business, like, will mean very little. The Roosters are locked into a top two finish unless they lose by like seventy points, and the Titans win by that, a bunch. So that 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 seems unlikely. But the Roosters are kind of getting stretched to their mm. limit depth wise. Like, um, they lost a couple of players last week. I think Millie Boyle's shoulder injury is probably a little bit worse than we first thought. Jess Surges might not play again until the grand final. The Roosters' injury toll is so bad that they signed one of their assistant coaches who's never That's played an NRLW so game and they've signed her and they've named her on an extended bench just because they needed, they need warm bodies. You know, they need someone that can, that can sit there and, and wear a Jersey in case something, that is, that is absolutely some shit goes fantastic. So maybe, maybe that's like, maybe that's something that can tip this season sort of in Newcastle's favor. I know I sort of said last week that, Oh, whoever loses this top, this minor premiership battle is going to win the grand final. Maybe I'm going to look like an idiot. Maybe maybe the Knights, maybe the best ability is going to be availability. Who was that player, by the way? Sorry, coach. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Pam Whaley, a friend of the show, did a really good story on it. All right, I'll find it and read it. And I will find it right now. Just, oh. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there, you know? Like, yeah. just making it happen. Yep. I can't find it. Fantastic. You, you yeah, tried your best. I think, they I, win I, really I, I think they try. I think they win anyway. Yeah, I oh, yeah, I think they definitely win this game. But the bigger thing for the Roosters isn't so much this game. It's 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 about what's going to happen and in the weeks to come. I'm you know? so glad, by the way, that they didn't they 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 didn't go the soft option and have six teams making it finals in a ten team comp, which they easily could have done. I'm yeah, glad very they haven't much done so. that. I'm 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 glad too because I think we're going to get two absolute like crazy ones. Yeah, in the in those in those semifinals, you know. Yep, and the uh, the. Two of Brisbane, the, the Canberra, coach, and the Titans. coach that they oh, yeah. signed is the coach that they signed is Millicent Scutt. Great name. She, mate, she's great not on, name. She's not on the extended bench. She's on the she's in the fourteen. Is she? Yes. Oh my god! Good on you, Millicent. What a story. 
Unbelievable. Does that mean all that, that? I would assume then that that means that all the girls they've named from eighteen to twenty-two are also not not like not good to play. It has to be so. A strength and conditioning coach at the club since 2021, Millie Scott joins the playing group for the remainder of the 2023 season as an injury replacement player for Short and Burton. Scott comes from a rugby union background, recently featured by Sydney for, for Sydney University. Oh, there you go. So she plays, but that that's still cool. Well, plays 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 rugby, so she's got a got a little bit of something. That's that's so fantastic. It's pretty great, eh? Yeah, I love that. But like Millie Boyle made a really good point in that same article where she kind of says. This is why further expansion is probably not a good idea because they've had a couple, like one team can have a couple of injuries and all of a sudden, like, you know, we're, 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 we're asking around and seeing if anyone's played a bit of footy and wants a game on the weekend, you know? That's fantastic. Oh, I love that. But uh, yeah, so three into two of Brisbane, Canberra and the Gold Coast will make the finals, starting with Brisbane on uh, Saturday night, eight o'clock prime time because of course the men's game is at four o'clock in the afternoon uh with a game against the dragons who have been a bit of a mixed bag this year a little bit a little bit i feel like they they started quite well but just their lack of of top tier talent kind of kind of really started to tell over the over the course of the season i feel they probably should have handled the sharks last week um and it was just some really star turns from the likes of Emma Tornagato and Tiana Panatani that, that really stopped it. Um, I'm expecting a, 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 another high effort performance from them, but I I wonder if they're going to run into the same problem, you know, like Brisbane has sort of taken a while to find their feet in this season, but I feel like they have sort of improved as the season goes on. And they're a team to me that still has a really, really high ceiling, probably one that the dragons aren't going to be able to match if Brisbane are, are capable of getting their game on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, uh, nothing on the line. Parramatta, Cronulla. Um, I like Cronulla in that one. Parramatta just sees him from hell, I guess. Yeah, really, really tough. Um, you got you got to like Cronulla in this one, don't you? Sure. But again, it's hard to not a whole heap to play for. No, we'll see how it goes. Basically, all to play for at Canberra Stadium on Sunday afternoon. What a treat! What a result that we've got. Basically, a de facto play-in game. So let's. I mean, it is essentially. A finals game, assuming Brisbane win, it's basically a finals game a week early, but the Titans are starting on 12 points. Yeah, yeah. You know what What would be very, very Canberra would be to win the game but not make the finals. Correct. You win by that 10. That would be... Win by 10. Would... <laughs> win by 10, kick a field goal to win by 11. Oh, my just God. To make it, just to make it the absolute worst. Um, Holly May Dodd is out for the Raiders. Bad knee injury. You hate to see that. But... I, I feel like, you know, we've sort of said all weird with the Titans, like, yeah, they keep doing it, but I don't know. I don't know. Like they this is this is the, the this is the perfect test for them. We're about to we're about to see exactly how good they are and how good they want to be. Because I feel like if they can take care of business against Canberra, they'll bounce into next week no matter who they're playing and they'll think, well, we're pretty battle hardened. We're kind of hitting form at the right time. We've got a pretty good scalp on the wall back home. So let's go and do it. You know? So mm. I do think the Raiders will give much, much stiffer opposition for the Titans than Parramatta did last week. And I feel like the last couple of weeks, Canberra has sort of found a steadiness to their play that sort of eluded them a little bit earlier in the year. You know, I'm thinking back to that Parramatta game, which they should have won by 30 and they ended up winning only by a couple of points because they just cambered all over the place, you know, but I, I think, I think Canberra might, might sort of have the edge here. I just think they're a little bit more, composed they're a little bit more sure of how they want to do stuff 
than the Titans are. And in high pressure games like this one is, that sort of stuff can can take you pretty far. Yeah. So how are you feeling? A comfortable 12 point win? Uh, I'll go off a 14 point win. There you go. With, with uh, Grace Kemp, one of the finds of the season, charging over for the try that that puts the Raiders uh, in the finals. I would be like, again, because we, we could have had this scenario in the women's origin game earlier this year. It would be very funny if um, Canberra are winning by 12 and the Titans kick a field goal. Well, if it is if it is dead level, do we? Is it the old way? Do we go to percentages? No, no, it, it can't be dead level because it's twenty. The gap is twenty three points. Oh, okay. So if you win oh, by eleven, so if you win by eleven, you don't get in. If you win by twelve, you do get in. So okay. that's what I'm saying. Like if you're winning by twelve and the Gold Coast kick a field goal to lose by eleven and make the finals. Well, look, even I could admit that that would be very funny. Okay, that's big of you. Construction. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to slow your brain. Okay, it's time for our third quarterfinal, or round of eight, as Campo would say if he were here. Uh, He is not, though, so it's just me with my two fine contestants. And introducing first... This is George Clark from Home Perth Field, and he's here to win Slow Your Brain. Don't believe the hype. Hello, George. Hello, Matthew. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel special that Campo did yours and I did all the others? Uh, Yeah. I mean, maybe we should go around to his place and see if he's got... You know, maybe if he's obsessed with me or something, maybe as a. I was a bit worried. He might have a shrine or something. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, how are you feeling? Are you, how, how have you gone so far? You've heard the twenty questions that have been asked across the two previous matches, but uh, yeah. Uh, I found myself like going, "Oh yeah, maybe it's this, maybe it's that," but then I realized who I'd drawn. I'd drawn like the behemoth. You know, I was. Uh, the West Tigers New South Wales Cup team, and I had drawn the Melbourne Storm, the machine, the man. He's here to stomp some mud holes and spout some footy facts. And he's all out of mud holes. It's the people's champion, Harry the Damage Ramage. Hello, mate. Good evening. I just caught the back end of George just buttering me up and I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. You've you've not you've not enjoyed the favorites tag, it's fair to say. You much like your beloved knights, you like to be flying under the radar. Yeah, no. Nah, good things never happen when I'm the favorite or my knights are well, the favorites. You were very confident. You were very confident before Sunday and then you ended up nearly losing. So this week, two like two sixty outsiders at time of recording. So yeah, you must yeah, be that more that. like a coin flip, but sure. Yeah, I agree with that. But hey, you're outsiders, and that's where you want to be. And that's where we're going to start is with you, if you'd like to go first or second. Uh, I'll go first. Let's do it. Okay. Let's rip in. Go. After Newcastle's win in the first week of the finals, that left two teams who have lost every finals game they've played in the past decade. Who are those two teams? And the Dolphins obviously do not count. It's teams that have played and lost finals. So if you haven't played a finals game, it doesn't count. 
oh, this is really good. So this takes it. Okay, so Tigers are out. Um, the Dragons won a final in the decade. Um, Canterbury won a final in the decade. This is actually really tricky when you think about it. Um, so now that the Knights, so you're saying there's two more teams that haven't. Right. Okay, so the Warriors are one. That is one. Um, and just trying to think now, going through the teams. Cronulla's won a final. Gold Coast Titans. Bang, he's on the board. One and oh. Do you know that one, George? Uh, I would have definitely got Gold Coast. I was like remembering, yeah, watching them when I was in England. And the first one was, remind me? So, oh, no, the Waz. The Waz, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because their last final was, what, 2018 they lost and then that's right 2011 right? they're up right. to in that game as well yeah and uh the titans have not won a finals game since 2010 so there you go when they uh of course won in the first week of the finals against the warriors got the week off and then got pantsed by, pantsed the, roosters. by the roosters at suncorp stadium that's right so you're on the board harry good job question two a little bit harder than that one who was the last player who played for the hunter mariners to retire from the nrl does Willie Mason count? Did he play first grade for the Hunter Mariners? I know he was in their system. I don't think he played for the Mariners, though. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'll guess Brett Kamali. Two out of two. Okay. With a minimum of 10 successful goals kicked, who is the most accurate kicker in the NRL this year? So a minimum of 10 kicks. Yeah, so that bloke who played one game for the Broncos the other week doesn't count. Tom Rogers okay. or whatever his name was. Oh, this is a good question. Okay. Thank you. Um, It's not Adam Reynolds, is it? I'll go Adam Reynolds. I don't know here. Do you know that one, George? I uh, would have gone Nico Hines or maybe Asako. It's Jamal Fogarty. Oh, oh he's like just gets over the line. I'm and Jack Croker's second. <laughs> So there you go. So two out of three has. Question four. Which former Origin Greats career path is this? Bulldogs, Roosters, Titans, Sea Eagles, Dorm. Nate Miles. Bang. Three out of four. One to go. Question five. Adam Reynolds was the first player to kick a two-point field goal. But who was it against? West Tigers. I don't know here. You remember that one because it got them to extra time against the Tigers, but he actually kicked his first one against the Broncos. They were winning about, I think, 16-6 just for a half time, and he buried one to make it 18-6. Oh, no. So three out of five, Harry. No. George, how are you feeling? Uh, completely out of my depth. Oh, come on. Stop it. Okay. I feel if this is David against Goliath, yeah, this is, you know, uh, the – this is how those blokes in third grade rugby union would have felt when Junior Paulo turned up. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> all right, you need three to tie, four to win outright. George, are you ready? Matthew, I am ready. Question one. Which Cook Islands International's career path is this? Parramatta Eels, New South Wales Waratahs, Melbourne Storm. Former Cook Islands International. This is obviously not a real question. He's on the board. <laughs> we got a bunch of messages saying, if you don't ask George Clark a Tepai Moroa question, we'll, we're off you. What are you even doing? Yeah, cancel yeah, the pod. Well, if you didn't listen to our off-season draft we did two years ago, go back and listen. It was chaotic, and it'll that joke will make sense. Your real first question. 
Oh. After Penrith's win in the first weekend of the finals, who remains the last minor premier to lose in week one? The last minor premier to win in week lose one. Lose in week one. Lose in week one. Would that be the Melbourne Storm 2019? He's on the board. He's on the board. One out of one. And, and Harry and I were in the office at the time of Fox, were we not? When Yeah, we were. Yeah. When 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 Joey Leilua went over after getting a firework in his eye in the NRL, <laughs> the interchange card scenario. Anyway. Oh, so. what a crazy game. Who was the last player who played for the Northern Eagles to retire <laughs> from the NRL? This is before, you know, I'm gonna go Ben Kennedy. That no, that was uh, yeah, go on, I'll go that. I don't know here. It's not correct. George, I'm sorry. Harry, you know this one? I did actually know this one. Watmo debuted in 2002, which Bang, would make him the Northern Eagle. Correct. You are spot on, Harry. Well done. George, one out of two so far. Uh, if you have any hopes of winning outright, you need this one. With a minimum of 10 successful goals kicked, who is the least accurate kicker in the NRL this year? So it's, it's got to be one of those. Uh... So again, it's not some guy that went 0 for 1. So there's a guy who's a minimum 10 kicks at goal? No, minimum 10 successful kicks. 10 successful kicks, okay. Yeah. Mm, just trying to like go through clubs. Who've... Yeah, think it out. Think it out. Shout out to Stats Insider, by the way, that had this data for me because it's like not easily accessible on the NRL website because the NRL website just hates any stats beyond like tries. So would I be right to say it's a guy who's obviously not the first choice goal kicker? Uh, you can think, you can have whatever thought process you would like, George. Well, I'm I'm looking, given given this David versus Goliath clash. You will be not getting a hint. I'm th- sorry. Th- throw David a bone, man. I apologize, um, but there will be no hints. I'll give you a hint. It's not Jamal Fogarty. It's not Jamal Fogarty. Okay. Uh, I'm going to continue on the same thread and go, it's the madman, Jordan Rapana. I don't know here. It is not. Harry, do you know this one? I'm going to take a punt here. Yep. Lockie Miller. Right team, wrong answer. It's Jackson Hastings. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I knew it had to be. 28 kicks at goal, 16 successful for a 57% completion. I knew it had, I knew it had to be one of those nights, guys, because, yeah, until... Ponga started like kicking a bit better. We just could not kick goals. So did, I don't. Did Jordan Rapana have a kick at goal this year, George? I I, I don't know. But oh, it, this it, thing it, cuts off minimum five shots at goal, so he doesn't even show up if he did kick one. So there you go. Okay, I'm I'm sure he has, but I'm just going well, off the basis. It was at most five attempts, so he wouldn't have qualified regardless. But it is Jackson Hastings. Harry leads three one two to go. George, which former Origin greats career path is this? Cronulla Sharks, St George Illawarra Dragons, Newcastle Knights. Parramatta Eels. Run run that by me again. Sharks, Dragons, Knights, Eels. Debuted Sharks, retired Eels. Dragons and Knights in between. Sharks, Dragons, Knights, Eels. Mm-hmm. It feels like Dorothy, Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, Sharks, Dragons, Knights, Eels. And he's still playing? No. Retired? Yes. I can give you that because I said former origin great. So, yes, retired. Former, former origin great. Okay. Yeah. Mm. But New South Wales? I'm not allowed to to tell you. Well, come on, Matthew. Help a brother out. Uh, I, um, I, I can't, George. I simply cannot. I'm sorry. Okay, Sharks, Dragons. Harry, do you mind if I tell him how many games the guy played for New South Wales, if he wants a hint? Go right ahead. 11 games for New South Wales. 
Oh, I have no idea, man. Um, throw a name out. Throw a name out. <laughs> As Campo said last week, the only thing you can't do is pass. You got to say someone. Yeah, but then I'm like, I'm, you know, I've got two guys, and then I go, oh yeah, well. Well, think it out. Who are the two guys you're considering? Uh, that's the thing. I'm not. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to like get two in succession, right? So I'm going. Who would I know who's played for the Knights and the Eels? Mm-hmm. Oh, Origin great. Oh. We got to press you for an answer, George. Uh, pass, mate. Pass. Uh, you can't pass. Come on. Just say a player. Say anyone. Better well, than passing. Tyson Frizzell ticks, ticks three of those boxes, but he's not a former Origin great or a... Um, all play for Paramount. It's a current well. origin, great. <laughs> current origin, great. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I've, that, that'll be my answer, but I know it's wrong. So I don't know here. Harry, do you know it? Yeah, I do, Maddie. It's Bo Scott. It sure is. Ah, oh, George. Uh, at least Tyson Frizzell was a better answer than pass. Exactly. So with that, Harry, you are through to the semifinals. Congratulations. George, I'll Woo-hoo. give you your fifth question anyway. Manly were the first team to win a golden point game. Who was it against? Oh, complete stab in the dark. Um, Harry's raising his hand in the chat. <laughs> he's raising his hand vigorously. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark and go Cronulla. I don't know here. That is not correct, I'm afraid. Harry, do you know that one? I believe it was Parramatta. It sure was. Did and you was it, the field goal? Uh, it wasn't a field goal. It was a penalty goal. Well done. Uh, ben Walker. Well done. He's too good. And Harry Ramage marches on to the semifinals or the round of four, some would say. Uh, George, anything to say to your, your your fans back in Uddersfield who've stayed up till <laughs> two in the morning on the on the on the live on the live stream to to watch you here? I would just say I'm sorry. Bo Scott never played for Huddersfield, so I've let you all down. And he should have, should have signed for them. Uh, and I'm also drowning in the fountain of knowledge that is Harry Ramage. So good luck, good sir, because I think uh, you are going to go all the way through to the final. No what pressure. endorsement. I'm sorry there was no Tommy Mackinson question as well, George. I apologize. Better winger than Alex Johnston. Well, that's enough time that we have to talk to George. <laughs> Harry, congratulations. Don't let them silence, them silence <laughs> Harry, well, well done. How are you feeling? I pulled through. Um yeah, I, I did better than I thought I might. Um, so maybe I got the luck of the draw on some questions that I knew. So humble. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think you got three of yours and four of George's. So seven out of 10, that's a very, very good score. That's better than I've done in the previous um, Is that right? Iterations. I forgot to ask yeah. you at the start of this. How have you gone so far in the 20, if you can remember? Yeah, as I said, the uh, I told you the sequential questions. Yeah, you about, don't like those. Yeah, the, yeah they, the one with the players' champions or, mm. or uh, yeah, that was like, yeah, it's completely mind-boggling to me. Well, I just couldn't get that thought I'm process. I'm sure whomever wins the fourth quarterfinal will be requesting lots of sequential questions then. All the right. One, the one which was really good, actually, was the one... I got the grand final losing captain, was it, a couple of weeks ago? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. That, thank thank you, George. I appreciate it. I've good got content, Matthew. Thank you, mate. I, I, people have enjoyed the questions so far, I think. So that's, that's, that's all that matters, really, as long as everybody... Has a good time. So yeah, well, a quarterfinal four uh, on the on the review show on Monday, and then we'll move into the semis, and then the grand final will be its own show in grand final week. So that'll be exciting. Uh, 
George, you won't be a part of that. Well, so uh, who's your grand final prediction? If we don't talk to you between now and then. Of the existing clubs that are in there or the contestants that are... Well, I meant the actual footy, but yeah, you already said well, Harry's going to win this. But... Well, Harry, Harry's, Harry's going to win it. Are you I... saying a Harry Ramage Newcastle Knights double or a triple with the women's team as well? I, I don't want to tempt fate, uh, but I think it'll be a Penrith-Brisbane grand final and I think Brisbane might do it. Uh, there you so... go. Wow. There you go. All right. Harry, we will talk to you very soon. Once again, congratulations. George, thank you so much for coming on, everyone. Uh, say goodbye. Goodbye. It was great to play. Goodbye. Hey, everyone. It's Campo here. Um, you've just listened to the trivia segment, and you would have obviously heard that I wasn't on it. Um, just had something else on. But I would like to take this opportunity to apologise for not being there. Because if I was, George Clark would have been sent home crying, as he absolutely should have been. One out of five is an affront to everything good and respectful about rugby league trivia. And I expected more of George and he couldn't provide it. Um, So that's on me. I sponsored his entry into this competition and he's made me look like a fool. Um, For that, I'll never forgive him. And I just hope that the next round of rugby league trivia people can measure up to what is fast becoming a, Rather low standard. I expected better from all of them. And so far, only Harry Ramage has even reached par. So it would be nice if some people who actually know stuff about footy could come on and answer the questions. Maybe they will next week. Who's to say? Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. Okay, some funny news to start us off. The Dolphins been hit with a breach notice for uh, tapping up Dean Mariner. Yeah, well, look, um, Brisbane didn't really need, or Brisbane and their fans at least, didn't really need another excuse to get mad at the Dolphins, but now they have one. So... There you go. I get the feeling that this sort of thing happens all the time. Of course and it does. If you get caught, then it's kind of on you, man, because a lot of people are not getting caught doing this exact same thing. It's very true. You can cheat. You just can't get caught. That's right. Uh, Jack White was found guilty and will be suspended for three matches. A little bit, little bit light, I thought. I, I, I thought too, yeah. I thought, I thought four or five was kind of going to be the... The minimum, but I guess the uh, stunning defense of how many games have you played, champ, actually kind of landed. Yep. How about um, defense lawyer Nick Gabar saying Canberra was leading by 20 points? And bear in mind, this was the opposition's best player. Whether it was a Simbin or not, Gamble was seeking to gain an advantage. Were you leading by 20 points? No, they're up by 10 points. Okay. 10 is half of 20. Ah, numbers are hard. Numbers are hard. And Jack White in the centers is not Canberra's best player. Gabar just perjuring himself there. Yeah, you can't. Well, I mean, so, well, he's not even a Canberra player anymore. So, this is that. Um, well, Jack White from Parts Unknown. Uh, this isn't really news, but there's a that, so there's a preliminary final of the New Wales Cup this weekend. Warriors versus the Bears. And uh, the Bears are named a full bench of Bents. That's huge. We've sort of been pushing for that for a really long time. Ben Marsh, um, Ben Thomas, Ben Tauti, and Ben Suofali. Now that's what I call a bench. 
And they've also got Ben Stefanovic at halfback. So they've got five Bens in the team. That's fantastic. Well, Ben is one of our most common names. It is. Um, and I feel like Ben was always good odds to have the first same name bench. You know, and it's also like the your Bens, easiest your name Mats, to insert. Your Lukes, they were always. It's also the easiest name to insert like a bench-based pun into. So that's that's fun. Big stuff. It's yeah. it's great to see the Bears still creating history after all these years. I've had people ask me if I'm going to go to the New South Wales Cup Grand Final that Souths are playing in the following week. Maybe. Don't know. I'm not sure if not. I mean, it'll be Blake Tars' last game for the club, so maybe I should go. Oh no, wait. There's a super... for the blood diamond, Blake. There's a Super Bowl, isn't there? If they win, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And okay. and here's an interesting thing: the the Queensland Cup season ends this weekend, right? Yeah. So we got the Grand Final between East and. Uh, uh, is it Wynnum Manly? Uh, I thought it, it was Burley. Burley. I thought it was Burley, but I'm just guessing. It's if only show. there was some way. Well, we, we had it up, up a second ago because we were talking about. Um, uh, oh, there we go. It's uh, it is Burley. I was right. There we yeah, go. Because so, I had it up looking at the peasant thing before. But so I the implications for the reserve grade Super Bowl are myriad because instead of the Queensland Cup team winning the grand final, getting on the piss for three days and then flying down here for a game. They're going to win the grand final, get on the piss for three days, have a chance to sober up, sober up and then fly down here for a game. That so, is massive. Well, you know, if you're, you know, one of those desperate types who loves betting on the reserve grade Super Bowl, as I am. As I also am. Shout out to Northern it's Pride. Just, it's just something, just something to keep in mind on the big day. Early you know, grand final day. You got to know all the variables. You got to know everything that's going on, and that sort of key information helps turn a slight a slight uh, uh, deficit into a slight profit. Uh, Burley won their prelim fifty seven to eight. They did, and they had a front rower kick a uh, celebratory field goal in the last couple of minutes. That explains the fifty seven. Thank you yep. for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mitchell Pierce retired. He did. Yeah, I was terrified he was going to end up signing with Canberra. I really, really was. I was, oh, come I was on. really scared that might happen. I, I can't have 20 minutes on Josh Reynolds and Jared Croker and other players, and you just try to brush through Mitchell Pierce with one line, and it's not even about his career. What's he the had a great career. What's the difference between Mitchell Pierce and those other guys you mentioned? Um, Well, Josh Reynolds didn't play for Canberra, so I don't know. Mitchell Pierce no, won, but... Oh, Mitchell Pierce won a premiership. <laughs> oh, no, Nick. <laughs> That's oh. good. No, no, no. I like all those other guys. It's all right. Mitchell Pierce has never, never been a player for me. That's fine, but he had an incredibly good NRL. Tell us about it then. No, played for the Roosters for most of it. I don't. Well, there you go, mate. Like, you can't say you can't say you say all these nice things about other guys, but you won't say about Mitchell Pierce, and then you won't say the nice things about Mitchell Pierce. Well, that's just you showing your journalistic bias and lack of integrity, and I will be reporting you to the ombudsman. Well, stand up for Mitchell Pierce then. Give him I, I, his due. Two sides this story. Uh, he made a really good try saving tackle on Greg Inglis once. He was faster than people realized. Mitchell Pierce, he's pretty fast. Um, I thought that Roosters fans treated him quite shabbily when they got Cooper Cronk. Thought that people who defended that guy for, what, 10 years straight suddenly just turned on a dime and were like, no, he was always terrible the minute they, they were associated with Cronk. I thought that was a bit harsh, but uh, he's had a lot of things go his way in his career so I won't feel too bad for him but you know great career good on him good he for him can, um settle right into some talking head job somewhere i assume good for you mitchell you got any other news uh no i think that's about it okay well in that case uh before we get out here i'd like to give you a thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our patreon subscription service if you'd like to support us 
go to patreon.com forward slash and boom rookies and you'll get access to our discord server a third show every single week uh, uh and entry into next year's culture and cup there'll also be a fourth show coming up uh next week nick we're gonna do that greatest games yes i think so yeah okay so they keep keep an eye on that and there'll be more there'll probably be more bonus shows during the grand final week too but we'll, we haven't really laid out our plan for that yet who knows i don't probably should but uh Anyway, thank you. Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne of the Old Coot, Alex Sergicomi, Bruce the Pond, Butsy, Chubak Snuffleupagus, Clive Churchill, The Musical, Dan Cullinane, David, Do It for Stacey Jones, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Feed Jack White on Carrots Nibbling on Night's Vomits Chaos. Frankie, I'm not reading that one. Jesus Christ, have some decorum, you absolute grub. Dates Felix Farnworth, Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, kicks out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Ladrick, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smoothmore, Mads, Taylor's version, make Adokar great again, Matthew Duggan, Michael, a boom, boom, boom. Uh, let me hear you say wayo. Wayo. Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, move those chains, move those chains, move those chains, move. My name is Matt Bungard, and I know skill moves are more important than weak foot. My name is Matt Bungard. I love Taylor Swift. My ding ding dong is hard, and I'm sad. Never trendy. Patrick Manis, Pete Fulger, Reese Brown, Ryan Edwards, and the longest outro music ever recorded for a podcast. That was an editing mistake the other day. I apologize. Roxanne <laughs> Clark, Scores wants Stuart Sack. See you in Vegas. Shunter, Ty, the Black Vegetable, Thor, Tom Hardy, Was, and Westlife's podcast end the Pasco fiasco. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. I like how you decided to make the longest show of the year even longer by tacking on to no, the long outro music. Um, I, I, I think the last minute of it was dead air. And I didn't notice till after I'd already uploaded it. And at that point, it's like, it's too much hassle to just like, because let's face it, once people hear the outro music, they usually just shut podcasts off anyway, right? I know I do. I don't sit there till the end of an outro music for like around the NFL or anything. That'd be perverse. So uh, maybe some people do sit there for the whole 45 seconds of like royalty-free generic People, uh, people who do that should be on our list. Yes, they should. It's it's a good good outro beat. You're about to hear it. <laughs> Say goodbye, Camper. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>